And this is, a ser- this is a, a sermon or a talk that has been heavy on my heart for quite a few months. And we're all pretty new here at Generation Church, so a lot of us, we're just getting to know each other. And I've been talking with a lot of you over the last few months as, as we've got to know you. And there's a lot of things uh, uh, or a lot of similarities and patterns that I'm seeing here at Generation Church, kind of the background where you guys have come from. And even though we've all had like different backgrounds, and we'll, you'll hear my background in, in, in a little bit, and it's probably very different to your background. But what I'm finding is that there's certain things that's go, that has happened in our lives, and each and every one of us are dealing with some major issues in our lives. And I've been, I've been really, it's been really heavy on my heart, so I wanted to give this to you today. And if you don't mind, I just want to kind of just open kind of my heart up to you. And, uh, and this isn't going to be one of those easy sermons. Uh, sometimes there's those fun sermons. I mean, I just enjoy doing that Marvel series. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool and like me carrying a, like a Captain America shield and things. And we have fun here at Generation Church. One of our values is like work hard and play hard. And we, we play hard. We have a lot of fun. But there are some times in life where we just got to deal with some issues. And I want to deal with an issue today that, that really is affecting my life. And I know it's affected your lives. And the sermon that we're going to talk about today, the title of our talk is called Scars. And I'm going to ask you a question. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or come out, but do you have any scars? Some of you, yeah, look at this big war scar I got on my arm, you know, or my, my body. And some of you have, like, physical scars. Some of you have mental, emotional, relational scars. But I guarantee this morning that most of us have scars. Some of, some of us have big scars. Some of us have small scars. However, each and every one of your scars tells a story. And mostly it's a story of hurt. It's a story of pain. And sometimes it's a story where you really got injured. There are certain things about the human race that are for sure. The first one is death and taxes. I mean, there's something about the human race is we're going to die and we've got to pay taxes. Some of you try to avoid the second one. I advise you not to. But there is something else in life that we don't talk about much that is certain. If you are a human here this morning, and some of you I do question, you know, and uh, no, I'm only kidding. Um, but if you are a human, then there is something else that is very certain about your life. And that is, if you spend enough time with somebody else, eventually that person is going to hurt you. If you spend enough time with somebody else, that person is going to hurt you. And all the husbands and all the wives are like, yes, amen, because, you know, my husband or wife have hurt me, or my kids have hurt me, or my parents have hurt me. There's a lot of hurts in life. And if you spend enough time with someone, they will hurt you. It's almost like somebody who has a a, a dangerous animal as a pet. Now, I couldn't even understand why somebody would want, say, a poisonous snake as an animal. I mean, are they crazy? But yet there are people who have, like, dangerous animals as pets. And eventually that animal, whether it can be very good nature, eventually that animal is going to hurt someone. And mostly that animal is probably going to hurt its owner. And it's going to cause, it's going to cause somebody to be hurt, and eventually it's probably going to leave a scar. Well, we humans are the same, and we have the same kind of issue, because we hurt one another. And us Christians, we have a word for this. We call it our sinful nature. Because people are, uh, are just sinful. When we're born, we're sinful people. And part of that sin is that we do hurt one another. We cause hurts. 
However, most of our hurts that we cause to each other or, 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 uh, or what we call our sinful nature is like a scratch or it's a bruise. And it may hurt for a little while, but it just disappears and we forget all about it. But there occasionally come some hurts in our lives that dig deeper, that really hurt us, that really injure us. And eventually, that hurt is going to leave a scar. And that scar in your life will be a reminder about what happened forever. Some of you, you've got physical scars. And you look down in your scars and you know exactly what happened in your life. I got scars on, on like my legs and I just know each like socket injury that I had. I know exactly what scar is, is for what. But some of you have lots of different scars. And I remember about nine years ago, I was living in England and I was driving home from work and I came down this road um, and it was kind of more of a residential road, but it was like a, a shortcut that we took. And I took this road and I went down and, uh, and suddenly out of this side road, this city bus uh, should have come to a stop because there was a stop sign. It came plowing out. It didn't even stop and hit me right in the side of, of my vehicle. Now, luckily, I was fine. And, um, it, uh, you know, there, there were no damages. My car was almost totaled, but uh, the insurance company decided they were going to repair it. So I was like, oh, man, I wish it had been totaled. I would have got a better car. But, um, but, but it caused something in my life to happen. And if you're ever driving with me, and my, my wife thinks I'm a bad night driver, and I can't believe my wife is calling me a bad driver. But uh, I'm going to think I'm a pretty good driver. But one thing, whenever I come across, uh, and I'm driving down the road, and I see a car approaching a side road, and pro- approaching, coming onto the road I'm at, I'm at, suddenly my knuckles get white, and I start to panic. Because I start seeing that event that happened when that city bus came and plowed into me once again. And suddenly when I start seeing this car coming up, I suddenly put my, feet, my foot on the brake and I start to slow down. And I'm very careful about what they're going to do. Because that event in my life, it left a scar. And now, whenever somebody just may innocently be coming up and, they, and they're going to stop, for me, suddenly I think that's going to happen again. Suddenly I think that somebody is going to come and and, and plow right back into me. It's because that scar for me went pretty deep. And it was very hard to get over. But some of you, you have scars so deep in your lives. And I'm not just talking about events like a city bus just coming into a car. But you have some emotional scars. You have some relational scars. You have some spiritual scars in your life that you cannot get past and you cannot get away from. And whenever something in your life happens and it reminds you of that scar, suddenly you are frozen. And it's almost like you're paralyzed and you can't get past that. But we have a choice in our lives. It's either to let that scar hold us back or use those scars in your life to thrust you forward into a bright new, a bright new day. What I found is that often it is the people or things that we least expect to hurt us that in fact are the ones who hurt us the most and leave us the biggest scars. This morning I just want to spend a few moments just telling the story of my scar. It's a story that I've never told before. Some of you know some of the, 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 the details that I, I went through. And, but nobody knows the whole story. I'm not going to share the whole story because it will be long and I, I don't want to go back into it. But I do want to share just a little bit of my scar today. Just before I, I do that, I want to say that I'm sharing this 
Not so you can feel sorry for me, because I really don't want you feeling sorry for me. But I want to show you what can be used, or what God can do when you use that scar for your good instead of your bad. And before we go any further, I want you to remember this one thing this morning. And that's don't let your scars be used for your demise. Don't let your scars be used for your demise, but use them for your good. Use your scars for your good. I was brought up in a, a Christian home. My dad was a pastor, my grandfather was a pastor, my great-grandfather was a pastor, and, you know, generations beyond. I think we had, like, murderers and sinners and thieves and adulterers and all sorts, and then a bunch of preachers came along. I don't know what happened. But I was brought up and raised up in this Christian home. And when you are in the household of a pastor, you see some pretty nasty stuff. Let me tell you, I call this scar my church scar. People come into church to try to find healing. And often they leave a church because they are so hurt. And I've seen people multiple times leave a church and never walk back into the doors of a church because they thought the church could be a place of sanctuary when in fact the, pl- the church became a place of like bulldogs and a lot of hurt. A lot of it could have been avoided. And I tell you, a church really should be a church where you should come in and have a lot of sanctuary. And, uh, and that's my desire for Generation Church. My desire for Generation Church is that we will be a church that will help make the church beautiful again. Where people will look at the church of Jesus Christ and see a church that is just so beautiful that they want to be part of it. But my story is a little different. I saw my dad go through some awful things at the hands of people in church. I I saw people try to take my dad down. And through it all, I I saw some pretty ugly stuff. I never understood it. I once had someone tell me they tried to teach me some kind of theology that just wasn't right. And they turned to me and they said, it's because we don't want you to be like your dad. I was like 12 years time at the time. And that really hurt. When I heard that, so I told my dad, worst thing I ever did, because I just saw my dad just get so hurt when he heard that. But I saw some pretty nasty stuff. But I saw through all that, that my dad just had this, this, this peace and this forgiveness about him that was just so godly. I mean, people would say stuff about him, and he would just forgive them. And I just couldn't believe it. And I thought, man, I want what he has. I want to be able to forgive people like he forgives people. I want to be able to move on from my hurts and my pains and the things that other people do like he has been able to move on. But I never really understood it. Two years ago, I went through probably the worst time in my life. Biggest scar that has ever affected my life. I was on staff at a church and I really felt the Lord leading me out. And it was May 2009. I got an offer to, to uh, a job offer to go and work for a Christian organization, a national Christian organization. And it was a pretty sweet job. And I prayed and prayed about it. And I really felt God say, no, this isn't the right thing. You're, you're to be in the church. You're to help the church. And this was an, a, like a power uh, organization that wasn't part of a church, but had churches that helped. But I really felt God say, no, this is, this is the church that you're at. Two weeks later, so I turned the job down, knowing that my place was in the church. Two weeks later, I got the call to go to my boss's office. And the words, I want you to transition out, came out of his lips. 
Now, in church speak, we kind of, kind of, you know, dumb things down. When someone says, I want to transition you out, it's like, I'm letting you go. See ya. Bye. And I heard those words, and suddenly it just hit me. I'd given my all for this, this place. I'd given everything that I could have ever imagined. I love the people in this place. I love this church. But I knew God was leading me out. So I heard these words, and even though they hurt to begin with, I was like, okay, well, maybe this is what God is causing me. God had been stirring Generation Church in my heart before that. And I, and I took that as, wow, this is what God is going to use to help launch Generation Church. So I spoke with my boss, and, he, and I told him just about some of the things that, that I had felt in my life. And he was very much for it. Well, then he said, I want you to transition out, but I'm not sure when I want you to transition out. He said, it could be next week. It could be in six months' time. But I don't want you to tell anybody. I want you to keep it a secret. And you've got to work like you're not transitioning out. And I thought, well, that's tough, but I can do it. And suddenly over those next six months, and it was six months before I transitioned out, my life went from, wow, God is doing some things to the lowest low I ever went to. It was almost like I was in a prison. And I tried to be as healthy as I could. I tried to, to, to stay on top of things. I tried to, to, to not speak bad about anybody. I tried to, to, to do my best in the work that I, I had done. But the more I tried and the more I tried to, to forgive and forget, the worse it got. I remember one time, and this is an, on, on my, my old boss because I'll be honest, he's a great man. A great man. A godly man, a great man. And... He, you know, but he was going through some issues. And I was the result of some of those issues. And I remember there was a stretch of about three weeks where I was brought into his office every single day. And I was read the riot act. I remember everywhere I went, people watched us. Everything I did was checked, second checked again. And it just went through some really tough times. Eventually, December of 2009, I transitioned out. I kind of felt a relief because it was time to go by the end of that. And I thought, well, I'm done and dusted with this. But then it got even worse. Things were said. Things were done. That rumors were spread. I even admit to even some lies were said. And kind of my name got dragged through the mud. And it caused that injury that could have easily been healed to go so deep that it started to cause a, 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 a scar that I would never forget. I went through so, so many hard times, so many sleepless nights. I would get so anxious. I'll be honest, I, came, I went to a meeting with some official, district officials um, of the organization that we were part of at the time. And it was almost like a... a, a like a, um, we were sabotaged in that meeting. I came home, and I'll just be very open with you today. I cried for 30 minutes straight. I've never cried like that in my life, not even when I was like two years old. But I cried for 30 minutes straight because this scar, this injury, hurt me so bad because all I wanted to do was give, and it was just hurting and hurting and hurting. I just wanted it to be all over. Well, the result of that scar was that God was able to do something incredible in my life. And if I could go through all that again, I would go through it again because 
I knew that God used it for good. Where it could have easily taken me down. And I'll be honest, there were days that I did not even want to step back foot into a church again. We were starting this church. We were planting this church. I did not want to step foot inside a church again. I did not want to have to listen to another pastor again. Because it hurt so bad. But I knew that I could not let that happen. Because I needed to let this be for my good. And not for my demise. And I find out through all this that there are two ways to approach your scars. Or there are two ways that you need to, 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 to approach your scars so it won't let you be, be taken out of the game. But instead it will thrust you forward into a brand new day. And the first thing I discovered is that you cannot heal your own scars. You cannot just let time heal your own scars. But in fact, you need to let God heal your wounds. So that when you look down at that scar, that scar can be used for your good. And some of you, your healing may have happened. But like a bone, when it heals wrong and out of place, the surgeon has to come back and re-break that bone so that it can heal properly. And some of you, you have scars in your life and you have wounds in your life that have never healed properly. And you need to let them heal properly. And this is how you let God heal your wounds. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you want to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. And starting at verse 8, it says there, it says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore you, support and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation or power to him forever. Amen. The truth is about your scar today is that there is a devil. I believe that there is a devil. I believe that he is a real being. And he is your enemy. He's not your friend. He is your enemy. And this devil is somebody who wants to destroy you. He realizes that what God has created you for. He realizes that the more that you step into the purposes of God. The less hold he has on your life. And so he brings things into your life. In order to take you out of the game. To take the very life that you have out of you. And the best tactic that he often uses. Is other people. Other people. However, there is a way that we should stand against these attacks of the devil, of this enemy. And the Bible there tells us in in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5 and 8, it says that there is a devil. He's like a lion who goes around roaring, seeking someone to devour. But But then the scriptures say, but no, you should stand firm in your faith. And the way that we overcome it is to stand firm in the faith that you have in God. You may have a lot of faith, you may have a little faith, but use that faith to stand up against all those attacks that may come against you. You see, you're not the first person who may have been deeply wounded. You're not the first person who has scars over their body and you look down and you see the wounds and the hurts that may have been caused. And this morning, I want to tell you, comfort yourselves. Knowing that there are Christians all over this world, both past and present, and in the future, who have suffered. 
who have gone through pain, who have gone through anxiety, who have gone through things in their lives. And they have suffered and they have scars. But the great news is, is there are millions upon millions of Christians in this world who have been able to overcome and use what has been used for their harm for good. The Bible says that in in years uh, to come, it prophesies that there will be people who will be uh, uh, persecuted for their faith. And the Bible says in the book of Revelation, it says that these people will be able to overcome their suffering because of the blood of the Lamb. That's the blood that Jesus shed on, on the cross when He died and the word of their testimony. And just comfort yourselves knowing that there are people who have been able to overcome. And the reason that they are able to overcome is because they allow God to heal their wounds. And it's through the love, the power, and the blood of Jesus Christ that after you have suffered a little bit, He will be able to cause healing. And it will be healing that will be, be able to, to take you back to a place that you once were. And here in First Peter chapter 5, it just gives us five, uh, four things that what God does when God starts to heal your life. And when you allow God to start to heal your life. And the first thing it says here in, uh, in, in 1 Peter 5 and uh, verse, um, uh, verse 10. It says, firstly, that God will restore you. God will restore you. To restore means to bring back something that was out of existence into existence. It also means to bring back something to a state of health. So something that was, that was unhealthy, something that was damaged, something that was dying, when God restores it, He brings it back to a state of health. And for some of you, you've had injuries and scars in your life, and things have happened, you've been deeply wounded, and when you allow God to heal you, God will bring you back to a state of health. Many of you, you've had the very life and the spirit taken out of you because of things that have happened in your life. But when you allow God to heal, God will restore your life once again. In fact, it was, uh, it was King David who wrote in, in the Psalms, in Psalm 23 and verse 3, he says that God, He is the one who restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. It is God who restores you. And when you allow God to start to heal you and heal your wounds, He restores you. Not only that, we also see here in First Peter 5, it says that He restores you, but He also supports you as well. To support means to hold up and sustain the weight. To hold up and sustain the weight. And some of you, you are carrying a heavy load from things that have happened in your past. And when you start to let God heal your wounds, He suddenly takes that weight from you and He supports you and He holds you up. In fact, in Psalm 55, 22, it says there, it says, give your burdens unto the Lord or give your weight or give your struggles and your problems to the Lord and He will take care of you. Or in another translation, it says, He will sustain you and He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. God will support you and He will not let you fall. He restores you. He supports you. He also strengthens you. To strengthen means to grow stronger. To basically show your muscle. And when God starts to heal you, you start to grow stronger in areas that you did not think before. You know when you have a a wound and suddenly the skin starts to heal and it leaves a scar? Did you know that the skin is actually 
firmer and stronger than it was before. When you start to allow God to heal you, you become stronger than what you ever were before. And in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10, it says, Don't be afraid, for I, the Lord, am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. Then he says, I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you with my victorious right hand. And in Bible times, the right hand meant the strong hand. God will hold you with his strong hand and he will strengthen you. So he restores, he supports, he strengthens. And he also gives you a firm foundation. He gives you a firm foundation. It's a firm place to start to build your life upon. In Psalm 18.20, the the psalmist wrote there, he says, The Lord is my rock. He is my fortress and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. He is my rock. When you allow God to start to heal your wounds, He restores you, he supports you, he strengthens you, and then he gives you a firm foundation, a firm setting, which you will be able to start to rebuild your life. I remember when I was going through those problems, it was Raquel, my wife, who said to me, she said, don't worry. She said, God is going to take care of it. God is our advocate, our lawyer. He is the one who will be our witness. He says, And she said to me, she says, just stay quiet. Let's just pray and let God do what God needs to do. Let him do what he needs to do in our life through this time. And then God will be the one who will be our advocate. And you know, we've seen it. We've seen how God has gone before us. All because we decided to make a choice. We are not going to try to heal our own wounds, but we are going to let God heal our wounds. And God started to restore us support us, strengthen us, and he started to give us a firm foundation which was able to rebuild. You have a choice. Let God heal your wounds or lick your own wounds. Let God heal your wounds or lick your own wounds. The second thing that you need to do is not just let God heal your wounds, but the next thing is probably the hardest. And it's you have to allow yourself to forgive. You have to allow yourself to forgive. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14 to 15, Jesus speaking to to his uh, disciples, he said, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. The central theme to the whole gospel is this. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. God has forgiven you of your sins. And did you know, every time that you have sinned against God, it's like you've wounded Him, you've caused another scar in His life. But He has turned away from from looking at His scars for bad, but He has looked at them with a forgiving heart, and now He looks on you kindly. And he looks on someone that he loves. And in the same way that God has forgiven you, so the scriptures demand us, they say that you must forgive others. If you do not forgive others, then God will not forgive you. Because the whole point of the gospel is that we will be forgiven people just as God has forgiven us of our sins. 
so must we start to forgive others as well. It's through the grace and the power of Jesus Christ that there is forgiveness of sins. And without forgiveness, then all that Jesus did for humanity, the death, the terrible death that he died, when he rose again to life, that there is not forgiveness, then it was all in vain. But God has forgiven us, so we must forgive others. And I've discovered in my life that forgiveness is not an emotion. It's not a thought. But in fact, forgiveness is an intentional way of life. Forgiveness is an an intentional way of life. So what do you mean? Well, in Matthew chapter... Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 22. Peter, the disciple, came to Jesus. And he said, Lord, Jesus, how many times should I forgive? Should I give seven times? And what Peter meant when he said forgive seven times, in the Bible there's like lots of different numbers and they mean different things. And all these disciples, they knew kind of the definition of all these numbers. And the number seven has two meanings. It means perfection and it means eternity. Affection, uh, perfection and eternity. And so Peter was saying, God, how many times should we forgive? Should we forgive eternally? And Jesus said, no, Peter. You shouldn't forgive eternally. He said, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Jesus says, Peter, not an eternal forgiveness, but eternity upon eternity upon eternity. You should forgive at all times, in all places. You need to be a forgiven person. That's tough. I don't know about you, but that's hard for me to forgive. I mean, I can forgive the odd one, you know, lots of things. And I'm, I think I'm a forgiving person. But to forgive for everything? And Jesus said, yes. Forgive for everything. To forgive eternally. It means there's no other option. But you must forgive. You must forgive. In fact, we see at the very end of Genesis, there's an incredible story of forgiveness. There's a man named Joseph. And most of you know the story. If you don't, don't see the musical. Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat. But basically, Joseph was was betrayed by his brothers. He was thrown in a pit. He was beaten. And he was sold into slavery. And we see throughout Joseph's life that time and time and time again, Joseph is betrayed. Joseph is hurt. Joseph is injured. And, and we see in Joseph's lives that all these scars start coming up. Not only his brothers, but his employee, uh, his employer, his employer's wife. And then he gets put in prison and the people that he is in prison with betray him. Everybody betrays Joseph. And Joseph, if anybody could be bitter, it would be Joseph. But Joseph, instead of being bitter and trying to take take revenge, Joseph chose a way of life and that was forgiveness. And we see in Genesis chapter 50, verse 19, We see suddenly Joseph is reunited with his brothers. The same people who betrayed him, who beat him, who sold him into slavery. And this is what Joseph said. He said, but Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me, brothers. Am I God that I should punish you? You intended to harm me. But God intended it all for good. You brought me to this position. He brought me to this position so that I could save 
many lives. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. This man, Joseph, he meets his brothers for the first time in many, many years. The last time they spat upon him, they beaten him, they sold him into slavery. Joseph sees them and he says, I'm not God. I can't judge you, but I'm going to forgive you. Because what was used for harm, you tried to harm me, but God used that for my good. God used that for my good. And Joseph realized that one thing in life, that though some things may be used for your harm, some things may be used to bring you down, God can use those things for your good. He realized that only an attitude of forgiveness would bring blessing to his life. And unforgiveness would result in scars that would cause him to fall back. You know, our scars can hurt. And sometimes I lie, I lie in bed at wake at night, and sometimes I look back at my scar, and it hurts. But I chose one thing. I remember one day, I said, I'm going to forgive. I started praying for all the things that had happened, and the people that a result of, of what happened. And I chose to forgive. And I remember every day I would wake up and I'd pray this prayer. It's from the Psalms. I'd say, God create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. And then I'd pray, God, let me be a forgiving person. Let me be a forgiving person. And I tell you, the first day I prayed it, I didn't feel like forgiving. The second day I prayed it, I didn't feel like forgiving. But over the course of months and months, every day, God created me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. God, let me be a person who forgives. Every single day, after about two, three months, suddenly I started seeing this burden lift. And what was causing me hurt and causing me pain suddenly was, causing, was, was being used for my good. I started to realize what real forgiveness is. I started to realize what God can use when you allow God to heal your wounds and what God can do in your life. And I realized that when you allow God to work in your lives, what was meant for your harm, what was meant to take you out, when the enemy tried to destroy you and destroy me, God used it for his good. In Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. It doesn't mean that God is, you, is doing that thing because it's a good thing. Sometimes things happen in your, in your life and they are bad things. But God can use that thing for your good. For those who are called of God according to his purpose of them. There was one scar or one person who had scars that shone wounds of death. It was through the power of God and the ultimate act of forgiveness that now those scars that were used or show wounds of death are now a symbol of salvation, life, and redemption. Did you know that Jesus has scars? The Bible says that he, when he was resurrected from the dead, his body was made new again, but he still had the scars. He still had the scars. And just as Jesus overcame his scars, and he didn't look at them as, oh, look what man has done to me. Instead, he used them to say, I'm going to use these scars to give people life, hope, and salvation. And just as Jesus overcame his scars in an act of forgiveness, so you too 
can share the blessing that God has got for you if you just use your scars for your good.